Welcome to another episode of the Hot Hot Hoops Podcast, Playoff Edition. I'm uh, senior writer Brandon Aperno, and I'm joined by Daniel Riccio and Matt Hannafin, our two other senior writers. And boys, we won a playoff game, one that we didn't expect. So I'm going to lob it up to Matt to get started here tonight. This exact, say it with me. This is exactly why you try to make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Say it with me. This is exactly why you try to make the playoffs. Again, it's just one game. We we can get into what happened um, in a little bit, but um, like, how mad do you think we would have been if we saw Chicago playing Milwaukee? Milwaukee doesn't play well. Giannis gets hurt. We really don't know how that injury is going to go. He's probably going to play game two just from the reporting that came out today. But we see Giannis gets hurt. They steal game one. Like, how mad do you think we would have been? Even though we would have secured the 14th pick or whatever. I was just going to mention that. But um, Like, we would have been probably, at least I probably would have been a little pissed off. Like, this is exactly well, why you're trying to make the best. Again, it's, again, it's just game one. We've seen time and time and time and time and time again that game one isn't like a true indicator of a series. Um, especially when it's an eight versus a one and the eight seed wins. So it's like, there's still plenty of series left. Giannis is still likely going to play game two. At least I, I'm guessing he does. I, I think there's a greater likelihood that he does and doesn't, but like you, you still have to play the games, man. Like you, you still have to play the games in the end. And this is exactly why you're trying to make the playoffs. Cause it's like when you have guys like Jimmy Butler go for 35, five, 11 with three steals, when you have Kevin Love get 18 points off the bench, who's 35 years old. When you have Gabe Vincent go four or five from deep, when you shoot 60% from the field and from deep as a team, like, yeah, that's probably unsustainable in a seven-game series, but, like, you still game one on the road. If you would have told me heading into this series that we would have split those two games, those first two games, we would have been ecstatic. Now we have a chance to to possibly, not saying we will, we have a chance to possibly steal two or at least split. We already already stole home court. Right, right. And so it's like, again, it's a seven-game series. There's still a long way to go in this series, fellas. A I, long, long way to go. But I don't think we would have been as that good of a start as you could have asked for for my like yeah. series. But there's a difference here. I don't think you we would have been that mad if Chicago did win because, the, and it's only for one reason, the Heat that we saw play last night is not a Heat team that we saw play at all this season. It's right, right. That's, that's fair. That's more than fair. This well, team is firing seen, on all three. We've seen it in glimpses. I mean, yeah, but, the Sixers game at the end of regular season, that was a sure. pretty dominant win against You're the right, Browns but team. they sat the starters all second half, man. Like, you, dude, we you could tell heading into the game that. Like, Miami was like a five-point favorite heading into that game. You could tell heading into that game that Philly was just trying to mail it in. They already had the three seed locked up at that point. So it wasn't like – I mean, yeah, we, Miami did play well. Like, you can't take that away from them. But, like, it wasn't – anything incredibly like meaningful like this is the first time in heat playoff history where they have shot 60 percent from the floor and 60 percent from deep on on a minimum 15 three-point attempts the they first time in heat playoff history he were what plus 350 headed in that's that's what the odds i got him at <laughs> you bet wait did you bet the money line of course <laughs> of course good credit and to you you had you had you had the guts you had the guts Absolutely, I had the guts. Yeah, the guts. You gotta have guts. You bet. You bet. Heat money on. Yeah. Why? Why wouldn't? Why well, wouldn't I, man? The heat. Look, the way I looked at it, and um, that is crazy. Yeah. Well, is it though? You want money, it? man? Like what? They. They. I, first off, I threw like ten bucks on them. Uh, second of all, um, the Heat had just played 
two games and they were sharp, you know, there's like uh, they, they were, whereas Milwaukee just sat like nearly a week and a half, you know? Mm-hmm. So I figured, okay, right off the bat, Miami's going to punch him in the face. You know what I mean? And then like, right, you know, we slowly went through the game and Miami just looked sharper. It was what I wrote in the recap. Milwaukee looked lethargic and really they didn't get it going or find any kind of cohesion until about that third quarter run with, uh, with, with Portis and Lopez, uh, and uh, who else? Middleton ruining our lives, you know. Um, I sat. Drew that- Holiday had like fifteen something oh, times. Well, Drew Holiday tried to put the offense on his back when uh, when Giannis went out, and like he shot six of eighteen, also had sixteen assists. Yeah, I, I knew it was at least fifteen, but he was orchestrating their offense beautifully, even with yeah. no Giannis. Yeah, but that's also the Drew Holiday experience. Like when you, I mean, at least when I've watched him at points this year without Giannis, like he's the one who's going to try to take control of that offense and he's going to get 15, 20, 25 shots up, maybe not on the best efficiency, but he's going to try to get him up. But he's, um, he's, he's still, yeah, I, I agree. He did, a, he did do a pretty good job orchestrating that offense. And at least it felt like in the second half, it was going back and forth. And there were multiple times where we're sitting here like, Oh, they cut it to one, like, Ooh, what's going to happen. It's might be going to respond. And then, I think late in that third quarter, maybe early in the fourth quarter, they cut it to I think six or seven. And we're just like, oh, like is this is this the t- is this the like is Miami going to fold? Like what's exactly going to happen here? But um, each and every time down, I mean, we can get into it. But Jimmy Butler, every every time the Bucks did cut it to you know the six, seven, eight point range, Miami did a great job at you know keeping their resilience and you know not letting it get any further than that and. Kevin Love was big. Who he was yeah, big. I, I remember there were two moments where we were now cut down to a six point lead. We were up, and Kevin Love hits a three. It yeah. happened on two separate possessions where they cut it to six, and Kevin Love hit a big three. Then Jimmy gets another layup, maybe another layup after that, and it's just a, a good bounce back from going on that run for Milwaukee. This is this is what I was hoping for when we signed Kevin Love. Like I knew he yeah, still had this type of game in him. Uh, and Matt, Matt, like because this is an audio podcast, you can't see Matt laughing his ass off. Oh man! Okay, all right. No, you can go on. I'll, I'll save my Kevin Love stuff for after. Yeah, but but no, like these are the things. And like it, it took a while in the regular season. You know, like he had a couple good games and stuff. But like. Also, if you watched any Cleveland games where he was starting while they had injuries, he was still capable of performances like this. This like, is what Kevin Love can do. Like what we saw from Kevin Love yesterday, I'm not surprised because that's what he is capable of doing. Maybe he was just missing. Ju- he was just missing his threes. Like if that's fixed, he's still a servant. His spacing is good. His char- the drawn charges were good. Which I was just going to mention that elite, just one of the best, if not the best, at drawing charges in the league. Did you? Um, and that's did you, valuable. Come playoffs. It's dirty. It's dirty per Bucks fans. It's dirty. <laughs> I was I was seeing stuff like that, and it was honestly just laughable. Because how can people talk about Love's position and not talk about Giannis just going out of control to the basket? Like right, right. That's hard. the entire point. It's like there was probably it was probably like three or four possessions earlier. Love barrels into bam for a charge and it's just like that's the exact same thing like what are we talking about here it's a charge we see this every single game we see this five times a game every single nba game we watch like what what are we talking about it was a clear charge i mean he may have slid at a tick too late 
under Giannis, and so that was maybe like, oh, dirty or not, whatever. This happens all the time. What are we talking about? What did are you, we talking um, about? Are you guys subscribed? <laughs> Why to are we Giannis? saying this is dirty just because Giannis got hurt? Like, what are we talking about? I am not injury. That stuff yeah, happens. But- there's an article, I think it was about Zach Harper today. Um, it was yeah. Just, like, what like that, I, and don't get me wrong. Um, Zach Harper is one of my favorite NBA writers. Like, he does a great job. I do. I, I do like Zach a lot. Yeah. But, like, uh, but yeah, his article is that because, like, we should outlaw the charge. I love the charge. Like, like We're Heat fans. We love charges. What are we talking about? <laughs> exactly. Heat the charge. It was a clear charge. That, like, honestly, um, you know, <laughs> I, I – Honestly, Giannis is one of my favorite players to watch, and he's an even better person. Like he's like the ideal like uh, ambassador for the NBA uh, on the world stage and everything. And you know the games that he sits are um, are sad because I really like watching him play. Uh, but at the same time, I wish I do wish the Heat would have won this game with Giannis playing because I am sick of the national media every time they talk about the old Buck series that we beat them in in the bubble. Uh, oh, Giannis was hurt in that series. He was healthy for most of it. You know what I mean? And yeah, now, yeah. Yeah, and, and what, people are, what, what people don't realize is that we were actually at our highest lead of the game yesterday when Giannis was playing in the beginning. Mm-hmm. We opened up to a 14-point yeah. lead. When Giannis left the game, that's when they had you know multiple runs where they cut it down to six or seven. If anything, they were playing kind of better without Giannis I mean I know overall you're not going to play better without Giannis but they were doing a good job still even without him there's just I mean if you want to you know pull out like those kind of excuses like no Tyler Hero I mean it's it's not a Giannis level player but to the roster though it's just you know it can, doesn't really even out but it kind of does at the same time. I, I yeah. thought it was a great win, regardless of who was playing. We 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 gray and grinded that win out. Yeah, I'd say Tyler's as important uh, to the Heat, like in in terms of in terms like he, like honestly, if we in ter- he's our what third leading scorer on the yeah. team. Like Bam's been struggling, so really like Tyler's carried the offense for a lot of the second half lately. Matt, you can give me all the faces you want, but like it doesn't. It's, it's still. I mean, he's not a better player. I mean, he is a MVP. Well, and, okay, but like, no, like he's like, not, not a better hero. Is not a better player than Giannis. Oh, abso- absolutely not. But like, he's important. He's yeah. so important to the Heat. That's what I'm saying. And we're not we contextualizing. Matt, we don't if score we points. Like the Heat doesn't like they they don't score points. You know, like no, I'm that's what I'm saying. Like if we contextualize it, maybe like if we frame it in that way. Yeah, look, look, Brandon, maybe. what me and you are saying is yeah. what Reggie Miller said on national television yesterday. Reggie got killed for it. It was, I mean, that, that part was full. No, no, I mean again, like I get it from that perspective. Uh, okay, all right, I'll shut up. Plus, but like in in, in context too, Giannis will likely come back. Hero is gone until next yeah. season, most likely. You're right. Yeah. So it's like it's it's a bigger. I think it's a bigger blow uh, to the Heat. But like at the same time, that leaves oh that leaves an that leaves an opening here, and it doesn't mean that you know just because it happened yesterday, Duncan jumps into that starting spot, especially with it as a defensive liability. It was nice to, to see him hit a three though, um, but it means someone needs to take that spot. So. I think it's going to be Oladipo. 
I think he gets it. It has to be Oladipo. Oladipo Oladipo has been waiting for this moment, not to wish an injury on a teammate, but he's been waiting for, in general, just a opportunity. And not even just an opportunity in a bench role, like how we saw him do last year and at points this year. I truly do think he's been waiting for an opportunity to be a starter. I, I really do. I mean, he publicly addressed that he wanted to start in training camp. He said that multiple times. And we've I've actually interviewed him personally when I was at one of the games. And he, he told me that he even knows he is still starter capable. Mm-hmm. So just knowing that he has that chip on, on his shoulder, he has something to prove, this is the perfect opportunity for Victor Oladipo to showcase on now a national televised stage what he really can do as a starter still. It's, it's, it, I, I couldn't write it, it in any better way for Oladipo to prove not only does he deserve to be in a rotation, can he still be a starter? That, that's that's the opportunity that now has come up. And I'm kind of excited to see if he can prove that. Look, I'm with you, Dan. And like I'll reference to Matt, too. Um, I listened back to our uh, our opening podcast of the year when we were like just bright eyed and ready, ready for something amazing to happen. That didn't. But one of the things that we talked about and I think Surya mentioned, too, like we all thought Vic would be the X factor. And he had a slow start to the season yeah. he had issues and that kind of thing after after a really solid off-season workout plan. Um, the one thing, and I think Vic is still capable. He showed last playoffs he's still capable, especially at an elite defensive level. Um, even with the Rockets, he was still averaging about 20 points a game, like on one leg. Like, the guy can score. It's more or less what I've seen from Vic this season that kind of put him in the doghouse is that he was trying to do too much. You know, he was trying to do too much on offense. He was trying to force things. He wasn't letting the game come to him. I'm really hoping because of the way things are and the pressure of these games and stuff. Like Jimmy's going to deliver in big moments. Bam's going to deliver in big moments. And if Vic lets the game come to him and doesn't try to force anything, he could do exactly what Dan is saying and really kind of dovetail that storybook comeback. Um, So look, I mean, it's, it's, it's a really kind of romantic way to look at it, but at the same time, he's a heat basketball player. It's always next man up. And if it is, uh, Vic can go in and get it done. Like we're not that far removed from from Oladipo being an All NBA player, you know. Um, that like that doesn't just go away. It's just like he's faced a lot of like bodily trauma, like the last the last few years. Like it's it's taken a minute, but he does look athletic when he plays. So maybe he does. is he, what maybe we've seen like, that he still he still has that burst. Yeah. We have seen it a bunch of times this year. And he's had his moments, and I just not only do I, you know, respect Oladipo as a player for the injuries and things he's been through, I respect him as just a professional and a person. I mean, he's gotten coach's decision, hasn't played. He hasn't said one thing about it. Nope. This is some. This is someone who was an All NBA player, someone who was in multiple All Star games before, and he is getting. DNPs by the coach and handling it in a very professional manner in my opinion he just he hasn't said much and I just I really do feel like 
He hasn't been waiting for a star player to go down to injury. Nobody's going to want it in that way. But just in general, he has been waiting for something to come up where he can get an opportunity. And what better opportunity can it be right now? He, he plays the same position as Tyler. He's similar to Tyler in the way that they're both combo guards. They oh. can play point and shooting guard. He can handle the ball. He can create offense for himself and others. So maybe he doesn't have that shooting stroke that Hero has, especially from three consistently. But Oladipo can still make something happen with the ball in his hands, just like Tyler Hero can. And I, I mean, there's, there's also other options. Like you could go big, give it to Kevin Love, maybe bring Cody Zeller back in the rotation, maybe put Caleb Martin back in the starting lineup since he's used to playing with the starters. Maybe stick with Duncan, who started in the second half last game. There's definitely options and routes that you could go, but I think just logically it makes sense to – give someone who is a former all NBA talent, just sitting on the bench. It's worth giving a player like that a chance at this stage. Agreed. Matt, what do you think? I actually, there's a shooting element that is like, when you look at this, let's like, let's look at the starting lineup to where like how it's been. Vincent, Hero, Butler, Struce, uh, Bam. Mm-hmm. There's like when when Hero gets taken off the floor, there is like a shooting element that's like missed uh, to a degree. I mean, I mean, obviously Struce, uh we've seen what he can do. Obviously in the Bulls game, Vincent has just gone off against the Bucks. Feels like every time they play them, yeah. um, but in in the end, like in the end, I mean, I'm not I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you guys. There are multiple options, and I do think I do think Old Depot has a solid case to be one of those options. But I mean. I would actually probably throw Duncan in because you see, he just has that gravity. And like, this is, I mean, not to say that he's been waiting for this opportunity. I mean, Duncan's been in and out of the rotation all season. So I could see the case where it's like, no, we still want to bring him off the bench. He still might be in the rotation. That kind of as kind of like that fringe eighth, ninth guy, but yeah. Yeah. But for Duncan, like, I think he brings that shooting element that, was kind of missed with Hero because I mean Hero was their most consistent and probably best shooter all season. No, and is there any disagreement there? I mean, I thought he was uh, uh, just from like what we've seen, like drop off wise from a ma- the majority of the rotation players, including Duncan. Duncan hasn't been the best so, shooter the last two or three seasons because so, of that inconsistent role. But I would still, I would still at least, I mean, not say Duncan's going to get twenty five, thirty minutes. I mean. But you can, and you could also still play with it matchup wise. Like Hero was guarding Grayson Allen. I mean, you could stick Duncan on Grayson Allen, but you could also stick Oladipo on Grayson Allen. Like you could still play with the matchups a little bit to make it work out. Um, but I also just think Duncan has that element of gravity and element of shooting and element of spacing that uh, was kind of missed with Hero. Not to say that Oladipo is a wrong choice. I don't know if there's any wrong choices. I mean, what do you guys think about guys like Haywood Highsmith, maybe, just to add, to, if you want to lean into the defense a little not bit. At the stage. No, no, not, not at this point, not at this stage. Like, and, 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 you wouldn't? And, and, well, no, because it's it's talked about too, right? Like, um, Spo, Spo especially is very, very tight in his rotation in the playoffs. He's very specific. Yeah. About he is, he's, he's, he's he usually right. rolls with eight, nine guys. Max. Yeah. 
And that's yeah. it. And, and like usually trust guys that he can rely on and that he has relied on in the past. So Vic last year was heavily relied upon in the playoffs and he did quite well. Duncan's also had huge playoff games and huge moments. Duncan had huge moments in the NBA finals. You know, this guy, this guy knows how to get it done if he can have the confidence. And, and that's the thing, like, and that's the thing, especially with shooters, like JJ Reddick talked about Duncan on his podcast not that long ago. And he was saying, it's like, nobody works harder. You know, nobody, nobody still gets his reps in, like nobody stays ready like Duncan, but when a shooter loses his confidence, you see what we've seen from Duncan this year. So without a clear role, Duncan just hasn't been that guy. Like Duncan leading up right. to his contract was right. given the green light to shoot whenever he wanted. And he averaged about five threes a game, you know, and it worked. It worked really well. But you take that away. You have Struess kind of eclipse him last season. And he just he still has that gravity, like Matt's saying. So he is a he is a good choice out there. He, he does have the gravity. I, yeah. I completely I agreed with when the, like the wording that Matt used with that. He does have the gravity. Absolutely. And he, the thing I like about Duncan, too, is uh, his off ball movement. And he does have chemistry with Butler and Bam. And so it's yeah. like, I mean, well, I'd say Bam probably more so than Butler. But like, still, I think he, he would bring that semblance of uh, shooting potential. I mean, he, he's still going to get picked on defensively. So, I mean, that would still be a worry. Oladipo wouldn't be as much. Or if we're just speaking like just one or the other. I mean, again, there's multiple options. I wouldn't hate if they brought Caleb back off the bench. Um, although I don't think they're going to do that. I wouldn't hate it as an option, but uh, there's, there's multiple routes that spoke and go here. Um, let me, I, mean, let I me, thought he was going to change the starting lineup in the last two games. And so maybe, maybe, maybe he does, but like he, he brought Duncan off the bench yesterday. He was okay. Um, so, at least or, say so, not brought Duncan off the bench. He started him in the second half. He was Okay. But you, like, I still think there's like there's potential there. But again, I don't. I'm not saying never, this is like I conclusively want him. I, I I'm open to no, no. Really I, multiple I know, options. I know where you're coming from. But do you remember when Duncan first joined the Heat? Like, I I, uh, I don't know about uh, you guys. Like, I was like, who is this guy? Why is he getting minutes? He can't hit the side of a barn. He yeah. keeps shooting. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, was and and Spo kept playing him and. Uh, I hated it. I'm like, this guy's a defensive liability. He can, he always misses his shots. What's going on? You know what I mean? And Duncan was like that for a really, really long time. And then one day it just seemed to click. You know what I mean? So I think like Duncan has kind of like regressed to a little bit of that Mm -hmm. stage where it's just like, it's not clicking yet. And I really don't think it's going to take much for it to click because it didn't last time. Once it clicked, he became that guy. That commanded what a ninety million dollar contract. Yeah, if that can happen again, he can be a difference maker. Like the Heat were so good in their final and not their finals runs, or at least their conference finals runs, and I guess the finals run in the bubble. Um, and even like in you know Duncan was still decent the season after that too, um, because he was a five three a game threat. Like you know five threes five shots. Duncan's pretty efficient. Like you get when he gets the ball in position. He generally will hit that shot. He's not hitting the backboard. He's not unconfident like that. It's really for a good three-point shooter like Duncan Robinson, just takes it. You just need to see the ball going once. And then you become that threat. And then your gravity. And it's like if Max Struess is coming on now, and then Duncan comes on, then the Heat are a different team because it's you know, like we've actually been efficient from three lately. And it's made it it's made it a lot more fun to watch. And I'm sure you both can agree with that. What I really want to point out with, you know, just the hero injury and now in 
open position in the lineup. Yes, there are multiple options, but I think that we, us three, can agree that I, I feel like it's got to just straight, straight up be down to Duncan or Depot. I don't see Spolstra really like messing with a playoff bench depth right now. And he's got something good with Kevin Love. He's, he's done really good as a backup center. And this is even from the regular season when they made that switch with him to the bench. He has been real solid as the backup big and being just that mean big guy to back up a bam. Kayla Martin, he's been pretty solid in a bench role, and he's kind of like a Swiss Army knife player. He can kind of play in any role or any or multiple positions. But I just think Martin and Love are both solidified as valuable bench depth at this point in the season and going forward in the playoffs. I just feel like it opens a window for two shooting guards who play the same position as Tyler Hero in Duncan and Depot, who have gotten DNPs consistently. One of them needs to get an opportunity, and I think the obvious two choices comes down to those two. Well, I think both will get an opportunity. I just don't – one of them's going to come off the bench. Like, I think both of them are, like – So you think, maybe, you think both yesterday, are going to be I think involved. he will be in the rotation long term. So you think both players are now going to be involved in the rotation going forward? Yeah. yeah. Maybe not, like – Again, it's not they're not gonna be like heavily, heavily involved, but I do think yeah. they're to some degree they both will be in the rotation. Maybe not immediately, but I think both will be it like throughout the series. If I'm being honest. I agree with that. Um yeah, just because you gotta get those bodies in there as well. Um yeah. and like, especially it, if like foul trouble becomes a thing. I mean, we've seen playoffs time and time again where a player picks up two early fouls and it's just like, whoa, like I mean, anything can happen, and it's like I've talked about this before in different spaces, but um, we focus on, like, what happens with Jimmy and Bam, obviously. I mean, those are two of the best players um, on our team, clearly. Like, no one's debating that, but sometimes it's role players five, six, and seven are the ones who will help win you games, as we saw yesterday. The difference maker. With the, yeah, they're difference makers with the Kevin Love contribution, with uh, Caleb Martin contribution, with – Gabe Vincent, like with all these different contributions, I mean, Miami's going to need this. Like they, they desperately need these guys to consistently produce. And it's a lot of pressure on these guys. Cause it's like when, when there's such a big talent discrepancy with Milwaukee and Miami, you're going to need several guys to step up, not just the Max Struess who went off for 31 against Chicago. You're going to need that. And then some, and that's what a little bit of what Miami got yesterday, along with, uh, Jimmy Butler's 35 points on 27 shots, along with Bam Adebayo's 22 points, even though he had a majority of that in the second half. Like, these are the performances that guys are going to have to consistently produce. And who's to say, like, I, I mean, I, I've been a little bit of, I've, been, I've probably been a little bit more critical of Depot this year, but like, we saw last year with the 23 point game when Jimmy and Kyle were out in game awesome. five against Atlanta. Like, yeah. these are, these are the type of performances that you guys are going to need to need to see out of them. And we've witnessed that he is capable of having these performances. Like we've we've all we've all witnessed it. And right. just to go back to how we were saying how both of them may wind up in the rotation at some point, I see one of them being a starter and one of them getting spot minutes. Whether it's Oladipo in the spot minutes just for defensive stops, or whether it's Duncan in the spot minutes. 
for if you need a big three or you need some spacing real quick, maybe at the end of uh, end of a quarter to you know space the four and you have another three point option out there. It's just like if one of them is going to be a starter and one's going to get spot minutes, why wouldn't you give the starting minutes to someone who is a proven all star starter? And not saying that he's that level right now, but he's proved that he can be that person. And even when he wasn't that person last year, he was getting big time minutes in the playoffs regularly. And he was making an impact. Even when he wasn't having those, you know, offensive uh, explosions where he had that 20 plus point game against the Hawks, if he wasn't going off in that way, he was locking up Jalen Brown. He was making Jalen Brown's life very, very difficult to um, just even, just even get a basket up on him. I'm with so you, Oladipo in the playoffs, like he just adds like a two way player. Duncan doesn't add a two way player. I can see Oladipo being the starter right. now, being a two way threat consistently, and having the ability to go off offensively at some points when needed. But just to compare one being a starter and one getting spot minutes, I just see Duncan being that person who at, at this point can kind of only give you those spot minutes. He probably, he, you, he probably would be the spot minute guy if that were, if that was like if it was one or the other just because of how his role in the rotation has been this year. Yeah. Like, yeah, of course. I mean, Depot needs to at least like not – be bad. Like there again, we've seen two big, we've seen two versions of Victor Oladipo this year. We've seen two versions of him, one that's really good and one that's really bad. And there's no in between. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes could go from possession to possession. But like if you're if you if you can get like the good Oladipo just for I mean most of a game, what what else I, can you ask? I'm sa- I'm saying that Oladipo should start and I'm also saying I think Oladipo will start. But he's going to be on a very, you know, short release. Yeah. Like he, look, he's not. Look, it, Dan, he's, Dan he, de- he definitely has the most upside. Um, yeah. Like I'm just going to take this moment for a second. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back uh, just to discuss real quick. Sounds good. All right. We're back. And I'm going to pass it over uh, to Dan because you got some stuff to talk about on Caleb Martin. So what I wanted to definitely point out on this podcast, Caleb Martin really, really proved me wrong. So I was watching that Hawks and Heat game from start to finish in the first play-in game. The way that Caleb Martin's body language looked like on the court that whole game, I mean, he logged 30 minutes with zero points, and he even wasn't really making the best defensive impact either. I I was really kind of, you know, putting some sort of blame on Caleb Martin, you know, for getting those minutes and not doing anything in the minutes that he had, especially because I think Kevin Love only had three minutes played that game too. So it was just kind of making me wonder, like, you know, you're getting dominated on the glass. You're giving 30 minutes to a guy who's scoring zero points and, you have Kevin Love, who we signed for rebounding. We're getting killed on the boards, and Kevin Love's got no minutes. And then you fast forward to yesterday to see both Kevin Love and Caleb Martin both getting minutes and both being productive. 
it was really like a sigh of relief for me, especially with Caleb, because I felt like last year, even Caleb Martin had some playing time, but wasn't really making the best of the minutes that he was getting offensively. But he looked real fluid last night. Like, you know, they, the Jimmy and even Bam on a few drives, they were hitting Caleb in the pocket and his jumper really looked fluid. And I just wanted to definitely point that out that I thought that was a great Caleb Martin bounce back game because he wasn't really looking too good in that first play in game. I was skeptical of, you know, does he get rotation minutes long term in the playoffs? But he he proved what he can do yesterday. And I, I was really excited to see him produce again. Do I need to take my Kevin Love medicine? Is that is this what we're doing now? You need to love Kevin Love, bro. That's what it's healing. <laughs> do I? Yeah, if you when he plays like this, you gotta. He, all right, all right, the guy right, just right, makes right, winning. I'll take my medicine. I'll take my medicine, doctor. Okay. No. Uh no, he was good yesterday. Yeah. He was good yesterday. Like again, as critical as I've been of Kevin Love this entire time, because really throughout however many games he's played, just if I'm taking like everything, like the overall production, I really haven't thought he's been that I really don't think he's been that good. Um I mean he has he has he's had some moments at backup center. Um, I also have, I've also been critical uh, to how Spo has used him to an extent. Uh, like if we're if we're hedging with Kevin Love in the pick and roll, like dude, he's gonna get hunted like a deer. Like why do we keep doing it? But Spo's Spo's kind of changed it. They're they're dropping him more. They've put him in zone more, and so it's like I think that's the best use of Kevin Love. I do really like the charges, like the charges. I. The Chargers have been like if you're if if I'm taking anything away from like Kevin Love like positively impacting a game, at least it feels like for most of the games that he's played, at least trying to take those Chargers like I'm always going to respect that I'm always going to like that about him. The Chargers um, sets the tone. It does. It does. Uh, but I mean, yesterday was probably his best game with the Heat. If yeah. I'm being completely honest, just given the circumstances of everything, again as I mentioned earlier, it that was. Kevin Love has been. Like, I, I just, again, I don't think he's been that good with Miami. I think he's been a liability to to some extent defensively. Sometimes his defensive awareness isn't where you want it. The shooting hasn't been good in part because of the injury. Um, but again, yesterday when you knock down four of seven threes, shoot five and nine from the floor, you score 18 points, grab eight rebounds off the bench. That's production. That's what you need from players like him coming off the bench. Well, it's... it's um, and so... It's one of those things. I'm taking my medicine, too, doctor. Please, uh, how long, how much longer am I on? Am I on this prescription? Oh, hey, man, hopefully this prescription lasts until noon. Um, but <laughs> but like, if we think about it for Kevin Love too, it's like even when he wasn't scoring, he still did things that were um, that were great. Rebounding. The rebounding is fantastic. Nobody fires an outlet pass better. Than Kevin Love, except yeah, maybe it's just on. It's on point every single yeah. time. It really it's, is. But it's it's these intangibles that like yeah. really separate him. Like the ability to get in position and sacrifice his body to take that charge. Like Kevin Love is an injury prone dude. Like it's it's he's a lot hit to the ask. Face so many times, man. He's but, got he's gotten hit in the face like more. Like I, I have two hands, probably more than my 
more than I can count on my two hands. He's probably gotten hit in the face or hit in the neck or something. Like he's taken a beating out there. Oh, so yeah. I again like and well, I, I, I also do like the elements. I don't know if you guys noticed, but like when you know Matt mentioned Kevin Love's struggles, like when we first acquired him, he was looking very, very hesitant to shoot the three ball. Mm-hmm. Yesterday he was letting it fly. He was no. not being hesitant. He was he looks confident in the shots. Yeah, exactly. Like that just shows like when when you have the confidence, like that's what a difference it can make. And Kevin Love, yeah, there was a couple of heat checks. Where I'm like, no, Kevin, why are you taking that shot? But a couple of them went in. But again, yeah, confidence Maybe this is, is what uh, he needed. Pretty key. Maybe this is. Well, I mean, he's been confident for. I mean, yeah, the beginning, like five or ten games, he wasn't confident. But thereafter, he was, and it was just inconsistent results. So looking forward, boys. Um, the next game is Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern time because uh, the Lakers are – the West came as early because they, you know, they really just want to punish Dan and I. Um, <laughs> uh, in, in any case, is this – what do you think about the rest of the series? You know, like let's let's just like rewind really quick. Um, the, the Heat almost won game one of their last series against the Bucs, the one that went to overtime. Uh, and then obviously the next uh, the next three games the Bucks just ran away with it. So there is a possibility that this is what we see again. You know, maybe this becomes a gentleman's sweep. Um, you know, not to not to play negative Nelly uh, to to uh, this Heat team because like it was a different tomorrow's game or sorry not tomorrow Wednesday. Wednesday's game is gonna be I think the most important game in the series. I because if they if the Bucks win and they're able to bounce back. They have all the momentum back, even with Miami stealing the home court advantage, just because of how good of a team the Bucks are. I think the Bucks getting that game two win, they would have some sort of advantage going into the next game, just with the momentum. Giannis getting back in the rotation and playing again. I, I think Wednesday is a pivotal game of this series because if you take a two zero lead and you get, you know, in control of the series like that early on. I would I would say maybe Heat and Six. If they lose tomorrow's game, I'm gonna say maybe Bucks and Six. Like it could really be that different just with the outcome of tomorrow's game. But we cannot end this podcast without talking about Jimmy Butler at least once. Yes, yes. We're, 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 we're doing we're doing a lot yeah, of we've got play, two we're doing a lot of role player talk, but we're, yeah, like we, well, we need to mention Jimmy Butler. I was waiting for one of you guys to bring him up because I figured we, you know, just like Jimmy does, we, just as Jimmy closes out a game, we have to close our pod with Jimmy. So yeah. I have to take my medicine first. Kidding. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt had to uh, embrace embrace the love as, uh, as just a listen. To these, ah. Just listen to these two stats real quick. Jimmy Butler is a fourth player to record 35 points, 10 assists, three steals in multiple playoff games, joining Michael Jordan, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James. Jimmy, most 35-plus point playoff games in Heat history. Jimmy surpassed LeBron James last night, now is only second to Dwayne Wade, 14 to 10 games. Like, you're putting Jimmy Butler's name now in the same sentence as Michael Jordan. I mean, like, this is just what we've been seeing from Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. It's just he really has that second gear to him. It's just right on Sunday morning, the second it hit 12.01 a.m., Jimmy's sleeping and playoff Jimmy's activated inside his head. 
And it's just you see a player turn into a top 15 player, arguably, to a top five player overnight. We, it's just it, the things we're seeing, it's so spectacular from him. I don't know if we should be used to it by now or if we still should, you know, be excited to see the, to see this performance or whatever way we, you want to it. We should be appreciative. Playoff What's Jimmy con- is an absolute demon. And, it, and it's we, a real you know, thing. We're, we're, we're spoiled as Heat fans because we're, we've seen this before, but we have to remember who we've seen it from. We've yeah. seen it from Dwayne Wade. We've seen it from LeBron James, and we've seen it in part from Chris Bosh at moments. But nobody, especially lately, and I'd say since the Big Three era, has done it more consistently than Jimmy Butler and as spectacularly as Jimmy Butler. He did it in the – he was on pace with LeBron and if not a better finals performer than him in the bubble, you know? Um he had he had a not great playoff series against the Bucks, but like honestly, that was a throwaway anyway. Last season, he was incredible. He willed the Heat to multiple wins, and honestly, maybe if he was a little bit more in rhythm, he could have he could have just brought us to the finals once again. And now yeah. he's he's back at it again. Um, and you know? The thing that's scary is that I feel like in the playoffs, this like he can really pick and choose like. You know what? Maybe I should just drop forty tonight. And like, I think he could just walk into an arena pregame and just decide that right before the game. Should I drop forty? Should I drop thirty? And it's just—it looks so effortless. Matt, what were you going to say, brother? All right. First off, well, I mean, we were one incidental Peyton Pritchard trip away from Jimmy being healthy that entire Boston series. Because remember, that 47-8-9 game, he was playing on one leg. His knee was shot. Um, He missed playoff games last year because of his knee. Yeah. Also, Dan, before we contextualize this, I want you to read that second stat again. Just for the listeners. Please. So, the most 35-plus point playoff games in Miami Heat history, Dwayne Wade leads with 14 games. Jimmy Butler, 10 games. LeBron James, 9 games. What stands out to you guys about that? I'm asking you a question. I want, I want to contextualize this. I want, I mean, what stands out to you about that? I mean, what stands out right off the bat is you're saying a sentence that has Jimmy Butler and LeBron James in the same, in the same breath. It's, but, it's all about the company you keep. That's some good company. But Right, but... This is Jimmy Butler's fourth year at the Heat. Mm. He's also LeBron James he's also played four years with the Miami. Guess what happened? LeBron James made the finals every single season. Mm-hmm. Jimmy right. Butler has more thirty-five point games than LeBron James, who played four years with the Heat, who made the finals every season. Also, Jimmy Butler has only made so, the finals. Yeah, LeBron so was exactly ten years what? younger. I just want to put that out there. Right. So so right. Just think about how preposterous that status from Jimmy. Like that's what I'm trying to contextualize here. He's doing this. He's doing something greater than LeBron did. This is Jimmy's fourth season. LeBron played in less opportunity. Right. Right. That. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like that. Like that's just that's an insane stat. I mean, it's only yeah, it's 35 points. I mean, but 35 points is nothing to sneeze at. Like that's Not, not the way he did it. How many assists did Jimmy have last night? 11. 11. And, and and that's and that's the thing. This is what Jimmy does. 
Jimmy doesn't have to score to make his team better, but he does it when he needs to, and he does it all every playoffs. Uh, and he does it efficiently. Um, and then if you think about it, um, so okay, so we have Jimmy doing this efficiently, and he makes his team even better. You know what I mean? So it's like he is going out of his way um to to get his team involved. And that's what he did yesterday. And that's what makes him Jimmy Butler. And that's but really also, cool. say about it. Also, I want to add, I was doing my rewatch earlier today. I, I am doing I'm throwing that on Twitter. Follow the hot hopes Twitter for all that stuff. Um, but when I was looking at just some some of Butler's baskets yesterday, he's getting to his spots whenever he wants against Milwaukee. Like if if Giannis, let's say Giannis isn't fully healthy, and let's say they want to, let's say Bud wants to roam Giannis off the ball or whatever the case is. Like, who are you gonna have checking Jimmy? I mean, yeah, if Giannis is an off-ball roamer, is one of the most terrifying defenders in the NBA. But like Middleton looked a step too slow. Ingles. Looked with, at, with, looked Giannis step not, with Giannis not on the floor, Jimmy Butler has an advantage with any other player that's on the court. Right, right. And so it's like he's getting into his spots at will. He, or at least he was yesterday. I don't know. Listen, if if Giannis isn't like, let's say Giannis doesn't play game two, I'm sure they're going to try to – I'm sure Bud's going to try to scheme around that. Like I'm sure there, there's already a contingent plan in place just in case something like that does happen. But like – I mean, like maybe Drew, maybe like Drew. I mean, Jimmy said it before. Drew's probably like if you were to if you were to have like a top five list, a top three list of players that Jimmy wants to play with in his career. Drew Holiday's probably towards the top of that list. He said it before. He thinks Drew is a ridiculous defender. Drew is a ridiculous defender. He's arguably the best perimeter defender in the NBA. But like outside of him, like I don't know what options, at least clear options. Just based on just only based on what we saw yesterday, that Bud has to check Jimmy if it's not Jay young. Crowder off the bench. He's still a step too slow. Like he can't. At least I don't think in this stage of his career he can like willingly, consistently guard Jimmy. Maybe for a possession or two. Like any of these guys could probably at least maybe stop Jimmy if there's extra help at the nail or extra help in the interior. Like they're sending to it, Jimmy, like did what's you guys, there? did you guys see the play last night where Jimmy Butler catches the ball behind the three point line and just completely has Jay Crowder on ice skates and just yeah. gets right to the rim. There was a play. He was on the left. I think it was either the left wing or like near the left corner yesterday. He caught it. There wasn't much help. And he blew right past. He blew right past Drew. Mm-hmm. And Drew, again, Drew's, arguably the best perimeter defender in the NBA. And Jimmy was two steps ahead of him before you could even snap your, snap your fingers. Like he's been that good. And it's not like, like playoff Jimmy is real, but like, like look at what he's done efficiency wise over the last two, three months. Like I was, I tweeted about it's, this it's before the playing he, games. He he's averaged a career high in field goal right. percentage this year. He's averaging the most points in a Miami heat uniform this year on top of that he's having his best shooting efficiency season of his entire career no matter what team he was on not just you know points with the heat any team he's been on this was the most efficient shooting year jimmy butler has ever had and here's like here go he wasn't an all-star don't forget well i mean that's because he didn't want to be if he wanted to be he would have 
games played. That, I, that's, I truly feel like that. And what I also wanted to say, I don't know what you guys may feel about, like, you know, maybe the father prime D Wade years or his last dance. But since LeBron James, Jimmy Butler is by far the best thing to ever happen to the Miami Heat. And guess what? That doesn't happen without Dwayne leaving. That's true. I, I, I think it's a landslide, too. There's nothing that's happened or anybody who's been acquired that can even get in the same conversation as what Jimmy Butler has done in the Heat. Even Goran Dragic, who's been a very loyal Heatle and was on the team for a pretty long time. Just what we're seeing from Jimmy Butler, he's proving year in and year out, he is the face of the Miami Heat. He's the new big face because of big face coffee of the Miami Heat. I like that. I think it's actually a good note note for us to wrap up on, honestly. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy's Jimmy. Uh, This dude, this dude is not going to take shit from anybody. He's going to go out there and he's going to, he's going to, do his thing. His thing always comes in the playoffs. So, you know, we might, we might gripe a little bit by games missed and stuff, but nobody, nobody is complaining when Jimmy is doing his playoff Jimmy thing. Like even the national media recognizes that playoff Jimmy is a, is, you know what? He's not even a player. He's an entity. He's a force out there. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we didn't see it in the first playing game, but we saw it in the second and we saw it, we saw it yesterday. And, uh, I hope we see it on Wednesday. Um, and with that series, man, I, I like think, we need, like again, Miami needs every single. They're not going to shoot sixty percent from the floor and sixty percent from three again. That's completely unsustainable. But they're going to need some serious shooting luck and some serious production. Embrace em, embrace being the underdog, boys, because this team does perform good with their backs against the wall. When mm-hmm. everybody counts them out, we've seen times where they've lost multiple games in a row. And just when you think you're on the brink of it getting out of hand, this team does respond. And especially so Jimmy. Brace being the underdog this year. Especially Jimmy. Like mm-hmm. Jimmy has been one throughout his heat tenure. If, if you could go back and look at it against the best teams when maybe not Miami's not favored or whatever, but against the best teams when Miami needs someone to step up. Jimmy's oftentimes been the one to step. I mean, obviously playoff Jimmy, but like he's done his best arguably against those like top teams yeah. when Miami's needed something. And so again, when, Miami's going to need every need part of it this most, series. When the Heat need him the most, he always rises to the occasion. Yep. And, and again, they're going to need it. They're going to, they're going to need all of it. They're going to need all of it to beat Milwaukee. I don't think, again, I'll go on record and say, I don't think the Heat win the series. I, I still probably say Bucks winning five or six games. But you still got to play the games. Yeah, and if anything, play the games, you still got to get through Jimmy because Jimmy. Guess what? Jimmy legitimately believes that he's the best player on the floor every single time he steps on the floor, and sometimes mm-hmm. that's actually true. Especially like, agreed, agreed. All right, boys, uh, this is fantastic. Uh, we'll get another pod going um, after after what is hopefully the next Heat win. Uh, but um, we'll see. Game two, uh, Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we got Matt repping, repping the heat colors right now. Uh, let's see it. Well, we really got to switch this to, uh, switch this to video at some point. But uh, thank you uh, for see, listening man. as always. And uh, hey, go heat. For the culture.